Jonah chapter 1 and verse 17. Jonah chapter 1 verse 17. It's kind of there at the end of the Old Testament around Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 17. I also, in this next 21 days of prayer and fasting, where we're going to start on the 17th of March, let me, I just feel to give somebody a challenge, all right? Doesn't matter how old you are, all right? To learn the 66 books of the Bible. Okay, how many people can say all the books of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation? There's a few. Some people ought to know them. Okay, so there's a challenge to learn all the books of the Bible. Now, I first learned the books of the Bible when I was about eight years old. I learned all 66 and I learned them on a trip to Melbourne. My mom had a friend from America staying with us and she was coming on the trip to Melbourne with us. And all I wanted was a budgie, a budgerigar, like a tiny little parrot. They cost about $5. And so my mom's friend, whose name was Ellen, Ellen Demos or Ellen Tonak now, uh, she said, well, Jonathan, I'll buy you a budgie if you can learn all 66 books of the Bible. And so by the time we got to Melbourne, I had learned all 66 books of the Bible and I got my budgie. All right? So if I can do it for a budgie, you can do it. For, I did it for the Lord as well. <laughs> you can do it for God. And it's so good to be able to know the books of the Bible. There's nothing worse than to see a Christian going to the table of contents, not knowing their Bible. It's like a, like a soldier that doesn't know how to use his weapon or somebody who doesn't know how to use their sword. We ought to know the Word of God. Amen. So there's a challenge. 21 days. I'm not giving you a trip to Melbourne in eight hours. 21 days to learn the books of the Bible. 39 in the Old Testament. 27 in the New Testament. The Gospels, the Epistles. You, you can learn them. How many people want to take the challenge? All right. If you put your hand up, we'll, we'll hold you accountable. Sister Lydia, Sister Cerise, good. Uh, Sister Brooke, good. That's good. We've got three. Sister, good sister. Bernadette, that's wonderful. Well, hopefully some of you others would be inspired by these ones that are going to do it. It's not hard. In fact, when I think about it, when it comes to memorization, I always, I told somebody I'm not very good at memorizing things. And they said, well, how many songs do you know? I said, wow. Well, I know every song in the church songbook. So that's more than 700 songs. So if I, if I can learn 700 songs, I know all the old songs, I'm getting old. If I can learn that many songs, I obviously don't have a problem with my memory. So maybe you need to put the, the books of the Bible to a song and then you can learn it. And that's a great way to learn. I learned the periodic table in school by singing it. Anybody else sing the periodic table as well? No, no one's as crazy as me. Sister Bernard, we've got something in common here. <laughs> you can sing it. My wife and I both learned the periodic table. I can't remember it now, sorry, I forgot the song. <laughs> It's not that important. They told us at school that the periodic table was important. I can tell you, I've never used it since I left school. <laughs> Praise God. Probably only one person in church that uses it. And that'd be Brother Vincent. He's a forensic scientist. So he probably uses it. Okay, well, I better preach, eh? All right, Jonah chapter 1 and verse 17. There's three people in this verse. And I want you to notice three, not people, but three things. Now the Lord hath, Jonah 1 verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared, everyone say the Lord prepared. 
Now the Lord had prepared a great fish. Everyone say the Lord. Everyone say a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Everyone say Jonah. There's the three characters, God, a fish, and Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. I wanna leave it there because we're gonna work our way through the account of Jonah. I wanna preach today on this thought, when rebels repent. When rebels repent. Can we say that? When rebels repent. And Jonah was a rebel but he found a place of repentance. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. Let faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory and everybody say in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You may be seated. We've got a theme today in 9.15. I preached on the importance of repentance and and holiness and I'm gonna continue on that same theme in this 11.15 service. When rebels repent, God can use whatever He wants and will use whatever He wants for us to return to Him. We serve a God of second chances. How many people are thankful for a God of second chances? How many people are thankful it's not one strike, you're out? We have a God of second chances. And, and it, by even saying that, I'm misstating it because, Brother Jim, we serve a God who's a God of much more than just a second chance. Because if I was all across this congregation, we've got people that have had more than two chances. God is a gracious and He's a merciful God. We serve a God of many chances, and I'm thankful for that. In our text in Jonah chapter 1, verse 17, and I kept it short because we're going to go into it a bit more as we go on. But we read of these three characters. We read of the Lord. We read of the fish, the great fish. Some people believe it to be a whale. Some people believe it to be a groper as well. But the Lord prepared a, the Lord, a fish, and Jonah. And you know, very often when we read this account, we focus only on Jonah and the big fish. We call even the stories that we learn in Sunday school, we call it Jonah and the whale. But there is a, a character There is a third character in this story of Jonah who we often overlook, and that is God. Because it was God, the Lord, who prepared that fish. It was God and the big fish before it was Jonah and the big fish. Jonah, who was Jonah? Well, Jonah was a prophet, and he had heard from God. Everyone say, he heard. It was not an impression, but the Bible says he heard from God. And God told him, God, when he heard from God, God told him, he said, go get up, arise and go to Nineveh. That was the, this is what God told him to do. He heard from God and God was very clear. Jonah, go to Nineveh and go and cry against Nineveh. And you know what Jonah did? He rebelled. He refused to go to Nineveh. In Jonah chapter 1 verse 2, you're going to have to keep your Bibles open today. Jonah chapter 1 verse 2, God says, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. God says, I see 
the wickedness of Nineveh, Jonah, and you are a prophet and I want you to go. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Instead, God said, go to Nineveh, but, everyone say but, but's the revolving door. He was headed one, should have been headed one way, but he went to Tarshish and he ran away from the presence of God. And I want you to notice some words right now. And he went down to Joppa. Everyone say down. Okay, he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and he went down into it. Everyone say down. To go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of God. He was rebelling against God. God said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. And you know, Jonah said, no, I'm going to Tarshish. And he went and he found a boat. He went down to Joppa. And he found a boat and he paid the fare and he went down into the boat and we know where he ended up. He ended up way down under the ocean in the belly of a big fish. You see, when you rebel and when you run away from God, there's only one way you're going and that is down. Oh, you say, well, pastor, I'm fine. I've rebelled against God and I'm all good now. Just wait. Just wait because any rebellion against God is a trip down and Jonah went down he was a rebel and what is a rebel a rebel is someone who doesn't do what they're told to do and even worse is somebody who rebels against God and I ask you today because we're at church not to learn just about Jonah but every word of word in the Bible is for us has God ever told you to do something that you didn't like now you can answer that one. Has God ever told you to do something you didn't like? Lift your hand. If, yeah, good, good. Now, I'm not going to ask you to show your hand now, but have you ever done the opposite and you didn't do what God asked you to do? You see, sometimes God asks us to do something and we're thinking, are you serious, God? Really? Are you sure? I, I cannot believe it. And he, are you serious? And Jonah just outright said to God, he said, no. But he was even worse than that. He didn't just say no. He decided to go in the opposite direction. He decided to flee from the presence of God. And the Bible teaches us so clearly in Proverbs 3 verse 5, and this is a verse you probably ought to learn. It says to not lean on our own understanding, but to trust God with all our heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And so when God tells you to do something, you ought to do it because He's God and you're not. It doesn't matter how hard you try, you can't out-God God. Okay? You can't out-God God. So you ought to just say, yes, Lord, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. You say, well, it doesn't make sense. Are you serious, God? Yes, He is serious. Do what he says, not what your own understanding is. And so we got on that ship and went to Tarshish instead of Nineveh. He was a rebel against God. He got on that ship, a disobedient man, a rebellious man, resistant to the will of God, even all the time being a prophet of God, 
denying the call of God in his life, he said, I'm going to go in a different direction. Now, Jonah was a prophet. He wasn't altogether some really wicked and bad man. And maybe there's a reason why he didn't want to go to Nineveh. And there was a reason why he didn't want to go. But he ought not to lean on his own understanding, but to trust God. And there was a reason. If you read about Nate, if you read the book of Nahum, it talks about God's judgment against Nineveh. Nineveh was a place that was a difficult place to go. They were violent. The book of Nahum tells us that the Ninevites, if that's what you call them, or the people of Nineveh, showed no mercy on their enemies. They would kill their enemies and put their bodies on display to show how mighty they are. And so they don't sound like too nice people to me. And now we're beginning to understand, okay, God, when you told Jonah to go to Nineveh, Jonah's thinking, are you serious? They're not good people. I mean, I heard a lot about them. I read about those people from Nineveh. Jonah's thinking, that's scary. And you know what, God? They're scary people. Don't send me to go and judge them, God. You go do it, God. Not me. God, you want it done? You do it yourself. And he was scared. You know what, you know what Jonah was scared, scared of? He was scared that if he went and preached, as God told him to do, that they would get saved and God wouldn't judge them. Read Jonah chapter 4, verse 2. He tells God, he said, I fled before unto Tarshish. I went to Tarshish because I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repentest thee of evil. God said, go to Nineveh, but Jonah took off in the opposite direction to go to Tarshish. He went to the western reaches of the known world. And here is a prophet. Now, hopefully the prophet of God knows some things about God. He knows, first and foremost, that God is omnipresent. He's everywhere present. God is everywhere. That God is omniscient. That he is all-knowing. That he's omnipotent or omnipotent. He is all-powerful. So Jonah knows these things. He knows that God is everywhere. He knows that God is all-knowing. And you know what? He would be a fool to think that he can run from God having known that God is omnipotent, omniscient, and everywhere present. He would be a fool to think that he could run from God. And he's running from God. Look how committed Jonah is to running away. He runs 550 miles to Nineveh. And he goes to Tash, no sorry, it was 550 miles from where he was to go to Nineveh. But he goes to Tarshish, which is 2,500 miles in the other direction by sea. He said, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm going to go as far as I can. Now, I know through the preaching of the word that God speaks to people. And maybe there's somebody, and I believe there is, because God would have put this message on my heart. There is somebody here today that is running away from God. And you know God. You know his power. You know that he knows. He knows where you are. You know that he's everywhere present. Wherever, he, wherever you are, he's there. He sees. He knows. And, and all the while, you think that you can run from God. I'm here to remind you what you already know. You cannot run from God. 
You cannot run from God. And if you're running from God, let me tell you, the chess game begins because in the life of Jonah, God makes a move and then Jonah makes a counter move. And he says, you know what? I'm gonna flee from the presence of God. And I'm thinking, Jonah, are you nuts? Are you crazy? You can't flee from the presence of God. The psalmist said this in Psalm 139, verse 7 and 8. We read it at the beginning of the service. Let's go there in our Bibles. Psalm 139. I want to hear those pages turning just to know you're still alive. Psalm chapter 139, verses 7 and 8. It says this. Whether shall I go from thy spirit? Or where can I go from your spirit? David says. Or whither shall I flee from your presence? I can't run from your spirit. I can't run from your presence. If I send up into heaven, thou art there. Yep, that makes sense. And if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. And if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there thy hand shall lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. Even if I say I can go and hide in the darkness, that darkness shall cover me. Even the night shall be a light about me. That's a strange scripture. Even the night shall be a light, Brother Maxwell. He said if I go and try to hide in the darkness, even the night shall be a light. How does the night become a light? Let me tell you why. Because God is there. Because he's the light. And even if you try to hide in darkness, if God is there and God is light, even the night shall be a light. And so what are you thinking, Jonah? Are you seriously thinking that you can run from God? Yeah, you want to run to heaven? God is there. You want to make your bed in hell? God is there. You cannot run from God. And when you walk away from God, when you walk away from the call of God, it's always going to be a downward journey. Jonah went down to Joppa. He went down. When you, when you run away from God, it's only in one direction. When, 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 you're, when you're going away from God, sometimes you think you're going up. Sometimes you think, you know what? This feels good. This feels excellent. You know, I, I feel like I've got some freedom here. I don't have to worry about what God's word says anymore. And I don't have to worry about the conviction in my heart. And you know what? Sometimes it can feel like you're going up. But let me tell you, sin will always take you down. It may not be immediately evident. For a while, it may look like you're okay, but you're going down. It's, you just don't know it yet. And he went down. Everyone say, he went down. Everybody say, he went down. And he paid the fare to run from God. Let me tell you, if you're going to run from God, it's always going to cost you something. He paid the fare. When you run from God, you pick up the tab. You pick it up. You see, running from God, Jonah went down into the ship. He went down into the sea. He went down into the fish's belly. And in Jonah chapter 2, verse 6, if you turn there in your Bibles, you quickly turn there, Jonah chapter 2, verse 6, it says here that he went down, down to the bottoms of the mountains. And you say, where on earth are the bottoms of the mountains? You see, even though you might see water, underneath the water are mountains. And he went down into the valley of the valleys, to the bottom of the mountains. He went all the way down. I want to tell you, it is a frightening thing to choose to disobey God. 
It is a frightening thing to choose. And that is exactly what rebellion is. Rebellion is a choice to disobey God. And you know what? As Jonah did that, God was not happy with him at all. And God will do whatever he can to get our attention. Maybe you came to church today. Let me tell you, it's no coincidence. God is trying to get your attention. Maybe there's somebody at work that won't stop witnessing to you. Or maybe there's, maybe there's a, a scripture that keeps coming back to your mind. Or maybe every time you turn on the TV, there's a, a, a preacher preaching something. Or there's some reminder. God will do whatever he can to get your attention. He may even cause somebody to come and offend you with the truth. Thank God for those that are willing to offend us with the truth that we may be saved. God will do whatever he can. And God has many ways to get our attention. Let's go to Jonah chapter 1 and verse 4. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 4. It says this. But the Lord sent a great wind. Here it is. The Lord did it. He sent the fish and he sent a great wind out into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was likely to be broken. The ship begins to fall apart. And what is God doing? He's getting Jonah's attention. There came a great storm. Let me tell you where it came from. It came from God. You know, a lot of times when there's storms in our life, we think they came from the devil. But sometimes those storms will come from God for one purpose, to get your attention. Thank God for the storms that helped me get my eyes back on God. Thank God for the storms that he sent into my life to make sure I didn't keep running away from him. And the Lord sent a great storm. God has got a way of getting our attention. There was that great storm and it came from God. Jonah said, I'm running. God said, I'm going to send a storm. Now these sailors that were on the boat on the way to Tarshish, they were professional sailors. They got paid to take him and they were afraid the bible says the great wind came into the sea and it, it felt like the ship was a break, about to break apart that the ship would be broken and here are these professional sales salesmen or whatever you want to call them sailors here they are they're afraid and they say this is no ordinary storm now they're professionals they would have been in storms before they said this is no ordinary storm you know, see, sometimes God will send storms, no ordinary storm, to get us back on the right track. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 6 says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And we understand that as parents. we got parents here this morning. Sister Diana, you're a parent. Brother Arvin, you're a parent. Brother Tom, you're a parent. Brother Leon, you're a parent. Brother Marcio, you're a parent. And you know, the Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he chasteneth. And it, that sounds a lot like what we do as parents. Our kids may think we don't like them because we chasten them, but they ought to be reminded that the reason we chasten them is because we love them. We love them too much to see them doing the wrong thing. And the same is with God. He is our Father, and who the, the Lord loves... He would chasten. And so don't rebuke that storm. It could be sent by God to get your attention. <laughs> One of the things I love about God is when you rebel, <laughs> he will not leave you alone. 
And if you're in rebellion today, maybe you're refusing to do the will of God. Maybe you're even like Jonah, you're going out of your way not to do God's will. <laughs> i tell you one thing, expect bad weather. Because God's going to chase you. He's going to pursue you. He may even send a storm. Jonah chapter 1 verse 5, it says, Then the mariners were afraid. So when the sailors, the professional sailors are afraid, and they cried, Every man unto his God. And so they're all different faiths on there, and they're all crying out to their own gods. And they begin to throw their stuff overboard so that the ship could be lightened in the storm. But what is Jonah doing? He went down into the sides of the ship, and he lay there and was fast asleep. Here he is. He ran from God. Here he is, a man who denied God. Here is a man who disobeyed God. Here is a man in rebellion. And what's he doing? Sleeping. Everybody say sleeping. You're in 11.15 service today. Hopefully you had a sleep in. But in the middle of the storm, Jonah is sleeping. We well, think, oh, well, my sin, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't impact anyone else. Yes, it does. He's on that boat. And here the storm is causing everybody to be in fear. Jonah's sin starts impacting the people that are around him. The storm causes someone to go down. They go, go and find that guy. Go and find Jonah who's sleeping. They said, we've got a rebel on board. Let me tell you, be very careful the people you allow on board in your life. Be very careful. The Bible says, if you walk with wise, you will be wise. But if you walk with fools, you will be destroyed. Be very careful the people you allow on board your life because their sin will impact you. The Bible says, walk with wise. And so this is a great way to find wisdom, young people. Brother Jonathan, you want to, you want to be wise as you get older? Then make sure you find yourself around wise people. And if you want to be destroyed, then go and hang out with fools. What do you mean by that? Well, let me tell you, I know what it's like when you hang out with foolish guys. I got in trouble a few times because I was hanging out with the wrong people. They got in trouble and I got in trouble as well because I was with them. And so this is what it is. When they explode, boom, you might not have been exactly part of it, but you get hit by the shrapnel. That's why we walk with wise. But if you walk with fools, you will be destroyed. Be careful. And these people were not even godly people. They're uh, Christians. They're not even people of the one true God. They're all crying out to different gods. But they're all being impacted by the sin of Jonah. And what's he doing? He's sleeping. He's so far out of the will of God that he's sleeping through the storm which was designed to discipline him. That's not normal. He doesn't want to deal with God. Jonah wants to do his own thing. Let me tell you, you can be out of the will of God so long that you can even find a place of comfort like you don't care. And I, I had somebody once in church, they came to me. They said, Pastor, can I see you after church? I said, okay, no problems. I'll see you. I'll see, we'll, we'll talk in the church. And they came into my office and they said, I'm really scared, Pastor. I said, what are you scared about? They said, I, I came to church today and I didn't feel the presence of God. I didn't feel it. And I said, well, you're not exactly living a righteous life right now. They said, I know, I know, Pastor, but even when I was in the worst of my sin, I could come to church and I could feel the presence of God. And I felt convicted and I felt God speaking to me and correcting me. I felt it. 
And even though I knew I wasn't in the right place, I felt like God loved me. I said, but today I came and I didn't feel it. I tell you, God will not always chide. He will, he will pursue you. But if you're going to continue to rebel against God, you know what? You'll find yourself just at a place where you're just sleeping. Even when God's trying to get your attention, the same things that would have got your attention before, the same things that would have stirred your heart, now you're just like Jonah. He's so far out of the will of God that he's sleeping in the middle of the storm. Look at this, Jonah 1 verse 6. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou? What on earth are you doing, O sleeper? Arise, call upon your God, and if so be that God will think upon us and that we will not perish. Now these other sailors, they're God-fearing men. They're all crying to their own gods. While the only one that knew the true God, the only one that knew the true God, what's he doing? He's sleeping. The captain finally awakes him up. He says, oh sleeper, how can you sleep in the middle of this storm? He's oblivious to the way his sin is affecting everyone else on board. Here is Jonah. You know, his sin is affecting other people. Jonah is the preacher. You know what? He's, he's the preacher. The captain of the ship is the sinner. He's calling on a different God, a false God. The sinner tells the preacher, Jonah, you got to pray. And I had, I had somebody once in the church. It was a boss of somebody in this church or that, you, that attended this church here and there. Not very often, but here and there. And the boss rang me. And their boss said, I'm very worried about so-and-so. I said, okay, well, thank you for letting me know. I haven't seen them for a long time, but I'm very worried about them. He goes, he needs to get back to church and he needs to start praying again. I said, oh, you're a believer. He said, no, I'm an atheist. I said, well, you just told me he needs, this young man needs to get back to church and start praying again. He goes, yeah, because he was a much better person when he was attending church and praying. And here it is. Here's the sailor, the captain of the ship. Here's the, here's the guy that doesn't know God. And he can see. He says, hey, prophet, you better start praying. You know you're in a bad place. When ungodly people and sinners are telling you, a Christian, and somebody knows God, you better start praying again. And so he goes down. He goes, oh, sleep, but get up and pray. We need your God to help us. He finally wakes him up and Jonah is oblivious to what's going on. Jonah chapter 1 verse 7, and they said everyone to his fellow, come, let us cast lots and we may know for, for whose cause this evil, evil is upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. It's a spiritual problem. The lot falls on Jonah. And they said unto him, tell us, we pray thee. For whose cause this evil has come upon us? What is your occupation? Where have you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? Jonah owns up. He says, you know what? I was told to go to Nineveh. I'm going to Tarshish. And I'm rebelling against God. Verse 9. And he said, I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord. I fear the God of heaven. And he's the same God that made the sea and the dry land. Here he is a prophet. He starts getting all preachy to them. And they say, hang on, Jonah. 
You're a man of God and, and you fear the Lord God of heaven and your God made the sea and the dry land. Jonah, your God, the one who made the sea, that same sea is trying to kill us. And Jonah tells him, yeah, I'm rebelling against God and God is tracking me down. <laughs> Jonah could have said, this is my life and I'll do what I want. What's, why are you asking so many questions? Is it too big? What God's asked me to do, it's too hard. There's no way I can do it. You know, those people from Nineveh, you know what they're like. You probably heard about them. So what does Jonah do? In verse 12, it says, And he said to them, Take me up and throw me into the sea, and then the sea will be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake, it's because of me that this great tempest is upon you. You know what? This storm has come. God is chasing me down. I'm in rebellion and God is pursuing me. That's where the storm came from. <laughs> they didn't want to murder him. Verse 13 says, Nevertheless, the men rode to the, as hard as they could to get to the land, but they could not, for the sea was too rough. Verse 14 says, Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life. Then don't lay upon us innocent blood for thou O Lord has done as thou pleased so they took up Jonah and cast him into the sea and the sea stopped raging and the storm stopped then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows now that's unbelievable <laughs> now the sailors who didn't know that one true God now they are fearing the Lord. Now they are offering sacrifices. Now they are making vows. You know what? Jonah probably wanted them to accept him and to understand him, but they wouldn't. They threw him overboard and they saw the storm stop. Listen to me today. In spite of Jonah's rebelliousness, God even used him to help the sailors have an encounter with God. Even in spite of his rebellion, God still used the circumstances. God still used Noah to bring these outsiders to have an encounter with God. Let me tell you, God is so gracious. God is so merciful. God sent a storm to get Jonah out of the boat that was leading him in the wrong direction. And if you're in a boat that's going in the wrong direction, this preacher today is the storm that God's bringing to get you out of that boat that's taking you in the wrong direction. It's time to turn your eyes to God. It's time to stop rebelling against God. It's time to get out of that boat that's leading you in a way that is contrary to the ways of God. Now, that storm and getting thrown into the water and all that, that was not God's punishment. That was God's correction. Everyone say correction. Jonah was heading in the wrong direction. Physically, yes. And spiritually, as a matter of the heart, he was heading in the wrong direction. And in this day, there's people who believe that you can have a relationship with God on your own terms. Listen, pastor, I got my own thing going with God and, and uh, I don't believe anybody can, not even the Bible can tell us how to live. I've got my own relationship with God. I can live how I want to live and I can go where I want to go and I can speak the way I want to speak and I can treat people the way I want to treat people. I can act any way I want. I can disobey God. Let me tell you, don't mistake God's mercy for weakness. Write that down if you're here today. 
Don't mistake God's mercy for weakness. <laughs> Some people think just because God is merciful, that is okay with what they're doing. God shows mercy, but God will not always chide. We read it, and he will not always keep his anger forever. Jonah has disobeyed God. He's running from God, running from the presence of God. He's in the middle of the storm. He's thrown overboard, and he's sinking. And we've all had times where we can relate to Jonah. Can you relate to Jonah today? (laughs) Maybe not physically, but spiritually. Times when you just thought, you know what, God, it's all too hard. What you're asking me to do is too hard. God, this this life of a Christian, I don't want to be different from the world. And Lord, I don't want to sacrifice. Lord, I I just want blessings. I just want your presence. And I, I I don't want to have to feel uncomfortable. Let me tell you, living in this world, you're going to have to learn to swim against the grain. God shows mercy, but God will not always chide. And verse 17, and we read it, the Lord prepared a great fish. The Lord prepared a great fish. You know what? You might think, well, I'm in the belly of a whale. This is yuck down here. I don't like these circumstances. It must be the devil. No, the Lord prepared a great fish. And sometimes what we are experiencing, the circumstances, it is God wanting to get our attention. It's God saying, I love you. I want to get your attention. I will do whatever I need to do. You see, not everything bad that happens is the devil. The devil doesn't even get a mention in the story of Jonah. God was trying to get his attention. And so with every move that Jonah makes, it's like a game of chess. God makes a counter move of correction. God is trying to correct Jonah and God is trying to bring Jonah. Where's God trying to bring Jonah? He's trying to bring Jonah to a place of repentance. Everybody say repentance. Jonah was out of the will of God, but the fish was in the will of God. God prepared the fish and God is doing whatever he can to bring Jonah to a place of repentance. I want to show you what happens when rebels repent. In Jonah chapter 2 verse 1, it says, Then Jonah prayed. Everyone say, finally. Everyone say, finally. And the Lord his God out of the... He prayed unto the Lord his God out of the the fish's belly. And so there he is. He didn't wait to pray when he got everything was good. He prayed when he was in the fish's belly. It was a cry from the deepest place, an uncomfortable place. And he said, I cried by reason of my affliction. I cried unto the Lord and he heard me. Let me tell you, wherever you are, if you're sitting on a bar stool, whatever, if you're in a place you ought not to be, if you're in a relationship you ought not to be, if you cry out to God, God will hear you. Doesn't matter what sort of mess you are, God will hear the cry of a soul. God will hear the cry of someone of a contrite heart. God will hear the cry of somebody that's repenting before Him and saying, God, I'm sorry that I've been a rebel and I'm coming to that place of repentance. God will hear your cry. You say, I seem so far away. I'm at the bottom of the mountains in the sea. I'm in the belly of a whale. God will hear your cry. And he heard me out of the belly of hell. Listen to the way he describes the belly of that fish. He called it the belly of hell. And you heard my voice. 
for thou hast cast me into the deep. You cast me, Lord. Ah, maybe you thought the sailors did, but no. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, and thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. This is when the rebel comes to repentance. He said, I have gone so far. I have, I have gone so deep. I have gone so far down. But when I cried unto God, I thought I was out of your sight. I thought you didn't care. But God, you heard me. And he says, yet will I look again towards thy holy temple. That is a picture of repentance. Jonah was going in one direction away from God when he repented he turned around and he said I'm going to look again toward thy holy temple God I repent of my sin let me tell you when rebels repent God hears your cry verse 5 says and the waters compassed me about even to the soul the depth closed me around about and the weeds were wrapped around my head I went to the bottoms of the mountains the earth within her bars the pressure he's talking about the pressure under the water the earth with her bars was about me forever yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption O Lord my God when my soul fainted within me I remembered the Lord and my prayer came in unto thee, into thy holy temple. You see, it is a prayer of repentance. God trapped me so I could call on him. It was at that point when he repented, he stopped going down. Where are you headed today? Let me tell you, there is grace and mercy and there is forgiveness. There is a second chance when rebels repent. Even in your worst circumstances, you've always got a chance to repent. And I don't know what your circumstances are. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. But if you've become involved in something that you don't think you should be involved in and you know it's not the will of God, it's time to cry out to God. You say, I'll, I'll do that, Pastor, when I straighten my life out. You know, a Pastor, I know I can hear what, what you're saying and, and it's resonating with me and I can hear God speaking to me and God's doing something in my heart. But Pastor, just understand, I've got to sort some things out and then I'm going to repent and get right with God. Now, that's the lie of the devil. You don't have to get good to get God. You get God to get good. Don't worry. Let God help you fix all of your mess out. Just surrender to him. If you're a rebel today, if you're running away from God, if you're not where God wants, to, wants you to be, let me tell you, when rebels repent, they find the grace and the mercy of God. They find a God who is loving. They find a God who will embrace them and give them a second chance. There is restoration when rebels repent. I'm preaching about repentance today. The same God who prepared the fish is the same God that will hear your cry. In Jonah 2 verse 10, And the Lord spake unto the fish, I like this, and it vomited, vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. You see, Jonah had to get to the point in his life where he wasn't blaming other people, but he realized that it was him that made that decision. And then the Lord spake to the fish. He said, hey, fish, Go and vomit him out onto the dry land. And so the voice of God spoke to the fish. And at least though, the fish is obedient to God. And Jonah was on his way to judgment and wrath. 
but his repentance and his humility saved him. Humble yourself in the sight of God and he will lift you up. God resists the proud. If you're going to keep trying to justify and blame everyone else, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You see, the Lord spoke to the fish and Jonah gets vomited out. And while, while Jonah is, is praying, the fish is carrying him somewhere. I want you to notice that. Maybe you've never seen this. But while Jonah is praying, that fish is carrying him somewhere. His judgment, that fish was the judgment of God. It's carrying Jonah somewhere. That fish is the correction of God. That fish, wow, that fish is the correction. And that correction and that judgment is carrying Jonah. The dry land is in Nineveh. It's at Joppa and where he got on the boat and the fish carries him all the way back to his point of disobedience. Takes him back and he says, Jonah, I'm a God of second chances. He takes him back to the place where he began. And I ask you today, which way are you going? Have you considered your actions? Have you thought about where you are in your relationship with God? The good news is God will give a second chance to those who will humbly cry out to him in repentance. In Jonah chapter 3 verse 1. And the word of Lord, word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Everyone say the second time. Arise, go unto Nineveh. I'm thankful for second chances, brothers and sisters. You ought to see this right here. The word of the Lord came a second time to Jonah. He's back where he started again. And God says to him again, he goes, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and go and preach to that city. Oh, God's word the second time didn't change from the first time. God didn't change his word to satisfy Jonah's rebellion. He didn't lighten the load. He didn't change the conditions. Jonah had to change his life to satisfy God's word. You think, well, God came to him a second time and he thought, you know what? I won't be so hard on, on Jonah. No, the word of God came to Jonah the second time and it was exactly the same as the word in the first time. You think that, God would change his word to suit Jonah's heart. No, Jonah's heart had to be changed to suit God's word. And when we pray that prayer of repentance, it has to be in humility and complete surrender to the word of God. You see, when rebels repent, there is forgiveness. When rebels repent, there is grace. When rebels repent, let me tell you, God is going to come again a second time and speak to you. God is going to come again a second time and refresh your heart. And so today, my message is so simple today. It's a message of repentance. And if you're not where God wants you to be, repent of your sin today. And God will come again a second time. Oh, sin. I didn't think I'd hear about sin in church. A lot of churches don't preach about sin. Sin is to disobey God's word. It's not just things we do. There's sins that we commit, but there's also sins of omission. Things that we know we should do that we didn't do. Sins of commission and sins of omission. But if you today would cry out to God with repentance, God will hear you even in the deepest place and God will give you his grace and his mercy. If the musicians could come.
I don't know where you are today. Let's stand. I don't know the circumstances. But the only way out of where you are is to humble yourself before God. To humble yourself before God. And so today the word of God is let your arrogance go. Let your ego go. Stop trying to out God God. Stop thinking that you know better than God. That's exactly what Jonah thought. He thought, you know what? I got a better idea. Lay it all aside and say to the Lord, Lord, I'm crying out to you because I need you today. Lord, I need you. The James 4 verse 6, He gives grace to the humble, but He resists the proud. You see, that whale, whale, what was it? Was it the judgment of God or was it the mercy of God? Think about it, the whale. Was it the judgment of God or was it the mercy of God? I tell you, it was both. But Jonah got to decide if it was mercy or judgment. And it was his act of repentance which turned what was the judgment of God into the mercy of God. You see, when rebels repent, you'll find a loving God, a God of second chances. Repentance is giving God the opportunity to reverse his judgment and to be merciful to you. You see, if Jonah hadn't repented, if Jonah hadn't prayed, the story would have not ended the same way that it ended. I ask you today, it's your choice. If you're in the belly of a whale, if you're running from God, if you're experiencing turmoil and you can, you can say, you know what, it feels a lot, I can feel the pressure. I can feel the, the, the weeds wrapped around my head. I can feel that I'm in the depth of sin. Let me tell you, you're one prayer away from being delivered. A prayer of repentance. Let's lift our hands up all across this place right now. Oh yes, Jesus, we love you today. Who is that Jonah today? There's a Jonah in the house today. If you're that Jonah today, why don't you cry out to God in repentance? You see, when rebels repent, you will find a loving and a merciful God. You'll find God who will restore you. You'll find a God who will give you a second chance. You'll find a God who will take you right back to where you first disobeyed Him and the Word of God will come a second time again. Come and find your place at this altar today. Let's have a time of prayer as the musicians and the singers sing. Let's worship the Lord and let's pray. Let's repent before the Lord today. Oh, yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.